Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, Russian officials oh, with support geez. from the European Recorded Union, they're trying to, they're continuing to try to get the ceasefire in Ukraine back in place. So now you have Russia working with the European Union trying to get the ceasefire back in place after it collapsed over the weekend uh, with a full-scale Ukrainian military offensive that was in the, in the east part. And uh, Ukraine is opening up their draft. Countries have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees being used commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is a coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Hey, 
studies, the CDC does not answer to the people, but promotes whatever agenda those who control the White House, which would be the the international banksters, want advanced. The CDC directs the public health institutions and even has employees stationed in their state offices. The CDC ignores congressional reports and or hearings. The CDC actively discredits and destroys reputable researchers. The CDC bilks insurance companies out of billions of dollars by knowingly creating disease through their massive vaccination programs. The CDC hires private think tank corporations to produce phony consensus reports. And the CDC promotes the dumping of toxic wastes from the chemical fertilizer, the aluminum, and the steel industries in the public drinking water in the name of fluoride to allegedly control cavities. Now, while most physicians and public health workers may be aware of the depth of the cover-up regarding vaccines, the harm that they are causing is incalculable and the damage being inflicted on us and our children is devastating. And since the illnesses or the injuries caused by the toxic vaccines frequently do not show up for weeks or even years, the medical industrial complex maintains plausible deniability. So many good physicians have come forward and exposed the dangers of vaccines, as I have been doing for years. And the truth is everywhere. All that is needed is for people to educate themselves. Do you understand? Many good people, many good professionals, many good non-professionals are working together to get out the truth. Now, with regard to the vaccine program, there are four indisputable facts. One, vaccines cause illnesses and injuries, and neither the public nor the health practitioners have been told the truth by CDC Incorporated. In March of 2011, an investigation of scientists exposed that the United Kingdom government had been covering up the harmful effects of vaccines for the past 30 years. And their study, Health Hazards of Disease Promotion, was presented to the British Society for Ecological Medicine. 
and basically exposed that the UK government made continuous efforts to withhold critical data on severe adverse reactions and contraindications to vaccinations from both parents and health practitioners in order to reach overall vaccination rates which they deemed necessary for herd immunity, a concept with regards which, which with regards to vaccination and contrary to prevalent beliefs does not rest on solid scientific evidence. And it's not just the UK, it's also true in the United States. The second fact, the vaccine industry has been given immunity from lawsuits. In 1986, the vaccine manufacturers and the administrators were given immunity from liability with the passage of the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act and the Vaccine Adverse Reporting System was established. So annually, it reports about 11,000 serious vaccine reactions, including up to 200 deaths and many more permanent disabilities. But, and there's always a but, the poor reporting in America suggests that the annual adverse vaccine reactions, in fact, number from not 11,000, but 100,000 to 1 million. And then to seal the deal, the United, the United States Supreme Court decided in 2011 to grant the pharmaceutical industries immunity from liability even if their products were knowingly contaminated. The third fact, the health agencies who promote the vaccines are really nothing more than private corporations doing business. So neither the FDA, the Fraud and Drug Administration, nor the CDC, the Centers, Center for Deceit, Control, and Procrastination, answers to the American people or the health practitioners who provide medical care for the general population. So basically, we, don't, we have squat to say about who these so-called agencies hire, which researchers they consult, or what policies they establish. They basically do not work for us. These so-called institutions are listed as corporations on Dun & Bradstreet, so their first and foremost obligation is to their own fiscal health, as in the case of all corporations. And the fourth fact, the vaccine mandates are merely statutory rules of state corporations. So all the states, you ready for this, have been incorporated for a long time. They're all listed in, in their corporate all-cap names on Dunner Bradstreet, for example, the state of Ohio, headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. 
So the corporations can't make laws for living men and women. Their employees can only make rules for their own entity. So the way they implement implement their corporate rules on the people is through civil contracts. Now, our public schools who attempt to make vaccines a requirement for admission are also nothing more than corporations listed on Dun and Bradstreet. And the vaccine mandates are voted on by the state legislators who represent the state of, and just go fill in the blank. So as state legislators with no medical training, they're being lobbied to revise state statutes to make it increasingly more difficult to opt out of mandatory vaccines. The vaccine-aware community needs a new approach. So if the U.S. Constitution and or the Bill of Rights could protect us from mandatory vaccines, they would have stopped mandating them long ago. So what we're all now experiencing is corporate statutory law of rules, regulations, fines, fees, you name it, being forced against the American population. So if this corporate, statutory, contract, legal, but not lawful system that must be exposed and defeated and abolished, and don't look to any attorney to help you. The legal nightmare was created by them, and it is they who profit from it at our expense. Now, there is a form that is put on people to sign, and it's called the Refusal to Vaccinate Form. And the refusal to vaccinate form was created by the American Academy of Pediatrics Legal Department as a response to the growing number of toxic vaccines recommended by them and the growing number of parents who are becoming educated on the issue. So according to the CDC, Our children should now receive 37 doses of vaccines between the age of zero and 16 years of age. Recently, in the state of California, a statute was implemented that required their own form be filled out and submitted to get a vaccine exemption. But There's a strategy now being used to overcome vaccine awareness, and it is the most diabolical strategy possible. It is unlikely that physicians have any idea what they are asking their patients to sign, or better yet, to sign away. It is basically a signed confession. So you have to listen and understand why you can't sign it 
and why it is really something other than what it appears to be. So I'm going to give you 12 reasons why no parent should sign this form unless they're interested in being statutorily charged with neglect or intentionally causing harm. Now, once more, this form, if it's signed, could be used to have your child removed from your custody. It is a form designed to stand up in court. And if not, why else would they ask for the parent's signature to be witnessed? You understand? So I'm going to give you these reasons about the form, okay? Number one, the form attaches a child's ID number that will be identifiable in the electronic record system across the country. Everyone from the school to the NSA will be able to determine who is and who is not vaccinated. Number two, the scientific term for the um, um, uh, God, um, what, what do you call that thing? The human papilloma virus, the HPV uh, vaccine, is listed as such to discourage the parents from making the connection to the dangerous vaccine by its name Gardasil. So they call it human papilloma papilloma virus rather than Gardasil, which we know is freaking poison. Number three, you do not on this form place any marks in any of the boxes because the physician's records will indicate which vaccines your child has received. So it would be best to put a big X through that entire section. The fourth reason, the CDC vaccine information statement is nothing more than pure, unadulterated propaganda. And the real information about the vaccines was exposed in a document called 30 Years of Secret Official Transcripts Show the UK Government Experts Cover Up vaccine hazards. The fifth reason is, again, the parent is misled to think the truth about vaccine risks listed on the CDC website. Now, the doctor, the doctor, the physician, your guy that you go to, has the vaccine package inserts right in his or her office. So the question is, why are those inserts not offered or explained to the parent? Now, the physician may have read them or not, but the physicians are carefully aware that if the parents read the official risks put out by the drug corporations, they would refuse the vaccines. So full disclosure is almost never a part of the process. Now, there's another section, the sixth reason, there's another section on the form that says, I understand the following. The risks 
and benefits of the recommended vaccines. That's how it starts. This would be agreeing to a false statement. Why? Because you cannot understand the risks without reading and understanding the package inserts, which your friendly doctor will not give you. The seventh reason is that the parents are falsely told that without vaccines, their children could suffer dire illnesses but are not told the dire illnesses or injuries the vaccine themselves could cause, including death. And that also was listed in the 30 years of secret official transcripts show the UK government experts cover up vaccine hazards. The eighth reason refers to the herd immunity myth of 1933, which has been proven unscientific over and over and over again. So to put it simply, if other children have been vaccinated and the vaccines work, they will not contract the disease from your child. Okay, that, that, I, I don't want to get into it. So the next reason is enter, entities are listed as strongly recommended the vaccine schedule. Yet the parents are not given full disclosure as to exactly who or what the entities are and what their motivation might be. And if you want to know more about that, you go to... Um, well, I'm going to give you on the refusal to vaccinate form the following entities that are involved and a brief description of their motivations, okay? First, you have the physician, okay? He or she is rewarded for administrating, administering vaccines by higher reimbursements for their fees. Their vaccine rates are checked to disturb, determine whether or not he or she is entitled to more money. So the physicians, the public health workers, the drug companies have all been given immunity for any possible lawsuits that may arise as a result of vaccine-caused injury or illness. In other words, if a vaccine harms your child or causes autism, you can't sue any of them. The next one is the American Academy of Pediatrics. The American Academy of Pediatrics is a corporation headquartered in the state of Illinois that received lots of money from drug corporations for advertising in their journal. And this organization relies heavily on what they believe to be a government health advocacy agency known as the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, or the CDC. The next is the American Academy of Family Physicians, which is also a corporation headquartered in the state of Kansas. That also receives lots of money from the drug corporations for advertising in their journal, again. And this organization also relies heavily on what they believe to be a government health 
advocacy agency, again known as the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Then last but not least is the CDC itself, which is a corporation headquartered in the state of Georgia. The CDC is not part of a legitimate government. You understand? It is a private for-profit corporation that is chartered under the umbrella of the private for-profit United States Corporation with extremely close ties to the pharmaceutical companies. And if you want to verify this, if you want to read more, first you go to our government is a company, the Clearfield Doctrine, and the Great American Adventure, Secrets of America by Judge Dale. So the bottom line, all of the above entities make more money if they vaccinate the kids, and even more if the kids get sick from the vaccine, including the pediatricians themselves. Now, the next reason, which is the broadest and most nefarious part of the refusal to vaccinate form, says, nevertheless, I have decided at this time to decline. I know that failure to follow the recommendations about vaccination may endanger the health or life of my child and others. I therefore agree to tell all healthcare professionals in all settings what vaccines my child has not received because he or she may need to be isolated or may require immediate medical evaluation and tests that might be necessary if my child had not been vaccinated. That's a quote. Now, this is not only deceptive and untruthful, it is asking you to confess that you know you are harming your child and others and do not care. It is asking you to agree to inform any and all people who consider themselves to be healthcare professionals, which is not defined, by the way, of your child's vaccination record. You are also agreeing to permitting undefined healthcare professionals to isolate your child and keep them in isolation due to unproven or unknown exposure to a myriad of undefined communicable diseases with or without testing. And this is an admission that you understand this contractual document and its significance in its entirety. And what that means is you accept the false information cited as factual and choose not to do what you know to be good for your child and others and to obligate yourself to embarrass and confuse your child by tracking and reporting on the vaccines you protected your child from and give permission for your child to be tested or removed from your care and put in isolation for any supposed exposure to any undefined communicable disease 
by anyone calling themselves a health care worker. In short, the form wants you to attest to the following in writing and in the presence of a witness. Number one, you understand you're signing a contract with performance requirements. Number two, you accept false information as factual and you don't care. Number three, you don't give a crap if your child or others are harmed by your decision. Number four, you agree to volunteer to all pretend healthcare workers your child's vaccination record. And number five, you agree to allow others to test or isolate your child for unproven exposure to a disease. And last but not least, here's the kicker. You are asked to sign, initial, and date this document in front of a witness who also dated their signature. This is called an unconscionable adhesion contract, which is a legally binding agreement between two parties to do a certain thing in which one side has all the bargaining power and uses it to write the contract primarily to his or her advantage. So let me ask you a question. How much money do you think is made by forcing all the children in America to be fully vaccinated? Do you think it could be millions? Do you think it could be billions? Or if it's a mind blower, what about trillions? Seriously. So let me give you some valuable information. All drugs have two names, a trade name and a generic name. For example, the trade name is Tylenol, and the generic name is acetaminophen, okay? Aleve is also known as naproxen, and amoxil is also called amoxicillin, and Advil is called ibuprofen. So the FDA has been looking for generic names for Viagra. And after careful consideration by a team of government experts, it recently announced that it has settled on the generic name of mycoxiflopin. Also considered were mycoxifolin, mycoxidrupin, mycoxorizin, Dixafix, and of course, ibuprofen. Now, Pfizer announced that Viagra will soon be available in liquid form and will be marketed by Pepsi-Cola as a powered beverage suitable for use as a mixer. It will now be possible for a man to literally pour himself a stiff one. Obviously, we can no longer call this a soft drink. And it gives new meaning to the names of cocktails, eyeballs, and just 
a good old-fashioned stiff drink. So Pepsi will market this new concoction by the name of Mountain Dew. So the thought for the day is there's going to be more money being spent on breast implants and Viagra today than on Alzheimer's research. This means that by the year 2025 or 2030, there should be a large elderly population with perky boobs and huge erections and absolutely no recollection of what to do with them. So moving, yeah, you know, come on, man, I got, got to have some fun. So basically what's going on is that in, in corporations have basically seized every branch of government. In New York City, this guy, Mayor Bill de Blasio, he wants to launch this pilot program to place body cameras on police officers and conduct training seminars to help them reduce their adrenaline rushes and abuse of language, along with the establishment of a less stringent marijuana policy and calling them cosmetic reforms. So the killing of Eric Garner in Staten Island was after all captured on video. But these proposed reforms, like those out of Washington, D.C., failed to address the underlying cause of poverty, state-sponsored murder, and the obscene explosion of mass incarceration, or the rise of the corporate state and the death of our democracy. So mass acts of civil disobedience now being carried out across the country are the only mechanism left that offers hope for systematic legal and judicial reform. We have to try as best we can to defy the corporate state and not work with it. So the legal system no longer functions to protect ordinary Americans. It serves our oligarchic corporate elites, which have committed $26 billion in financial fraud. They loot the U.S. Treasury. They escape taxation. They drive down wages. They break unions. They pillage pension funds. They gut regulation and oversight. They destroy public institutions, including the public schools and social assistance programs. They wage endless and illegal wars to swell the profits of the arms dealers, and they authorize police to murder unarmed black men. So the police and national intelligence and security agencies, which carry out the wholesale surveillance against the population and serve as the corporate elite's brutal enforcers, are omnipotent by intention. They are designed to impart fear and terror and keep the population under control. And until the courts and the legislative bodies give us back our rights, which they have no intention of doing, things will only get worse for the poor and the rest of us. 
So basically, we're living in a post-constitutional era where the corporations have captured every major institution, including the judicial, legislative, and executive branches in government, and have deformed them to exclusively serve the demands of the market. And in the process, they've demolished civil liberties and that they've warned, we are warned that without heavy government regulation and oversight, unfettered and unregulated capitalism degenerates into a mafia capitalism and a mafia political system. So a self-regulating market would turn human beings and the natural environment into commodities, which would ensure the destruction of society and the natural environment. So the ecosystem and the human beings become objects whose worth is determined solely by the market. Then they can be exploited until exhaustion or collapse occurs occurs, and then a society that no longer recognizes that the natural world and life have a sacred dimension, an intrinsic value beyond, beyond monetary value commits collective suicide. And these societies will do nothing more than cannibalize themselves. And this is what we're undergoing literally. So as in every totalitarian state, the first victims are the vulnerable. And in the U.S., this means poor people of color. And in the name of the war on drugs or the necessity of enforcing immigration laws, those that are trapped in our urban internal colonies are effectively stripped of their rights. And the police who arrest 13 million people a year 1.6 million of them on drug charges and half of those on marijuana counts were empowered by the war on drugs to carry out random searches and sweeps with no probable cause. Then they take DNA samples from many whom they arrest to build a nationwide database that includes both the guilty and the innocent. Then they charge each of the sample arrestees 50 bucks for DNA processing. Then they confiscate the cash, the cars, the homes, and the other possessions based on allegations of illegal drug activity, and they use the proceeds to boost up the police budget. Then they impose fines in the poor neighborhoods for absurd offenses like riding a bicycle on a sidewalk or not having an ID to fleece the poor, or if they can't pay, toss them into jail. And before they deport undocumented workers, the state levels fines, often in the thousands of dollars on those being held by the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency in order to empty their pockets before they're shipped out. So the prisoners that are locked in cages often spend decades attempting to pay off thousands of dollars, sometimes tens of thousands in court fines from the paltry $28 a month they earn in prison jobs. The government, to make sure it gets its money, automatically deducts a percentage each month 
from their prison paychecks. So it's this huge extortion racket that's run against the poor by the corporate state, which also makes sure that the interest rates of mortgages and car loans and student loans and credit card loans are set at predatory levels. Since 1980, the U.S. has constructed the world's largest prison system, populated with 2.3 million inmates, 25% of the world's prison population. Police, to keep the system filled with bodies, have had most legal constraints on their behavior removed. So basically, they serve as judge and jury on the streets in the American cities. And this expansion of police powers is a long step down the totalitarian path. So the U.S. Supreme Court Justice Douglas warned back in 1968, the police, who are a little more than predatory armed gangs in inner-city neighborhoods, arbitrarily decide who lives, who dies, and who spends years in prison. They really fight crime or protect the citizen. What rather they do is they round up human beings like cattle to meet arrest quotas, which is the prerequisite for receiving federal cash in the drug war. And because many crimes carry long mandatory sentences, it's easy to intimidate defendants into pleading out on lesser offenses. So the arrested are actually are acutely aware they have no chance in 97% of all federal cases and 94% of all state cases are resolved by guilty pleas rather than trials. Then there was an editorial in, in the New York Times that said the pressure employed by state and federal prosecutors to make defendants accept guilty pleas which is an action that often includes waiving the right to appeal to a higher court, is closer to coercion than to bargaining. There's always police informants who, to reduce their own sentences, will tell a court anything demanded of them by the police. And, and after you saw the fatal shooting of that guy in Ferguson, Missouri, and after killing of Garner, the, the word of police officers and prosecutors whose loyalty is to the police becomes the law. And there's a, a program known as 1033. And it's a Department of Defense program, which was, was begun back in the 90s, which the National Defense Authorization Act allowed, along with federal homeland security grants to the states, providing $4.3 billion in military equipment for local police forces, either free or on permanent loan. Okay, this is what the website ProPublica reported. So the militarization of the police, which includes outfitting departments with heavy machine guns, ammunition magazines, night vision equipment, aircraft and armored vehicles, has effectively turned urban police and increasingly rural police as well into quasi-military forces of occupation. Seriously. So the police conduct up to 80,000 SWAT raids a year in the U.S., which is up from 3,000 a year in the early 80s. So the American Civil Liberties Union found that almost 80% of 
SWAT team raids are linked to search warrants to investigate potential criminal suspects, not for high stakes, hostage, barricade, or active shooter scenarios. And the the ACLU also noted that the SWAT tactics are used disproportionately against the people of color. So the bodies of the incarcerated poor fuel our system of neo-slavery. In the prisons across the country, including so many private corporations profit from the captive prison labor. The incarcerated work eight-hour days for as little as a dollar a day. Phone companies, food companies, private prisons, prisons, lists of other corporations feed like jackals off of those that we hold behind bars. And the lack of employment and the collapse of education and vocational training in the communities across the U.S. are part of that design. The design, with its built-in allure from the illegal economy, the only way for many of the poor to make a living ensures rates of um, divisionism of over 60%. I mean, there's millions of poor people for whom this country is a little more than, nothing more than a penal colony. I mean, there's a book out there, it's called The New Jim Crow, was written by a lawyer named Michelle Alexander, and, and it's the new Jim Crow, mass incarceration, the age of color blindness, and it identifies what she calls a criminal caste system. And the caste system controls the lives of not only 2.3 million who are incarcerated, but also the 4.8 million on probation or parole. So millions more people are forced into this permanent second-class citizenship by their criminal records, which makes employment, higher education, and public assistance difficult or impossible to achieve. So the totalitarian systems accrue to themselves omnipotent power by first targeting and demonizing a defenseless minority. The poor African-Americans like the Muslims have been stigmatized by the elites and the mass media. The state promising to combat the lawlessness of the demonized minority demands that authorities be emancipated from the constraints of the law. And the arguments like that were used to justify the war on drugs and the war on terror. But once any segment of the population is stripped of equality before the law, as poor people of color and Muslims have been, once the police are permitted under the law to become omnipotent, brutal and systematically oppressive tactics are employed against the wider society. And the corporate state, they have no intention of carrying out legal reforms to curb this omnipotence of its origins of internal security. They made this way on purpose. So there's another book. It's called The Divide, American Injustice in the Age of the Wealth Gap. Illustrates how poverty, in essence, has become a crime. And the author, Matt Taibai, 
I spent time in courts where wealthy people who have committed documented fraud amounting to hundreds of millions of dollars never had to stand trial. And in city courts where the poor were called to answer for crimes that, until you read the book, did not know existed. So, instead, for example, standing in front, of, in front of your home can be an arrestable offense. That's what nobody gets, that the two approaches to justice may individually make a kind of sense, but side by side there's a dystopia where common city courts become factories for turning poor people into prisoners while federal prosecutors on the white-collar beat turn into overpriced garbage men who behind closed doors quietly dispose of the sins of the rich for a fee. And it's evolved its way over time and for a thousand reasons so that almost nobody is aware of the whole picture, the two worlds so separate that they're barely visible to each other. And the usual political descriptors like unfairness and injustice don't really apply. It's more like a breakdown into madness. So we're being warned that once any segment of the population is denied rights, the rule of law is destroyed. And when laws do not apply equally to all, they are treated as rights and privileges. When the state is faced with growing instability or unrest, these privileges are revoked. And the elites who feel increasingly threatened by the wider population do not resist the temptation to deprive all the citizens of legal status and, and, and rule them with omnipotent police. This is what's taking place now. The corporate state and its origins of internal security are illegitimate. And basically it turns out that we are a society of captives. What I think is happening now is that my ending theme song is going to be playing. And Georgie Pooh, good old George Harrison, is going to be doing what he does, singing My Sweet Lord. And this is something that all of us have to uh, understand, that we have to turn to him. We have to turn to our sweet Lord because he's the only one that can give us protection. He's the only one that can give us peace. He's the only one that can give us harmony. The, the good news is he's in our heart. That's, that's how far you have to go to develop that relationship. Have a little bit of faith. Try not to become part of the system. Walk down the street. Mind your own business. Don't get involved in anything. Live a clean life. Try not to become sick. Try not to become a part of the pharmaceutical industry where they can extract dollar bills from you at, at any time. You have to go and have an alkaline basis in your body, not an acidic basis in your body. Acid eats away. Alkaline builds an immune system. Next week, I will tell you how you can do that, how you can build your immune system. It's simple, it's easy, and it really tastes good. But for now, uh, guys, 
I'm afraid I got a bail on you. Um, I have to get my dog to the groomer, and I have a short period of time to do that. So I wish you all well, and until next week, aloha. a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three www.thepowerherbs.com. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? 
If so, tune into Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your healthcare options just became endless. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band, free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, AVR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a 
three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189 and our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome and cooling tubes and the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply.
right. Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 22nd of January, 2015. It's Thursday, and it's about nine minutes after noon Pacific time. So if that all works out where you're at, we are, in fact, live. Which means, because really this is the difference between live and Memorex here, is that you can participate in the show if it's live. 800-596-8191. Or go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. And you'll see the chat link, and you click on that, go in there, and you can participate in the show. Now, yeah, we had a we had a good call last night, and why I bring it up is because, you see, folks, this is what you can do. If something's going on in your neighborhood that you need to know, you know, people should know about, or it's a good idea, and uh, you're doing it, and other people could do it too, you got to let them know. You know, uh, John from Texas called in, and he said, uh, yeah, they were – Passing out in a um, basically what it is is I, I don't know what they call it exactly, but it's an honors class basically. You know, it's for kids that are are doing very well in school that you know the A students and they get to take uh, a little more advanced classes, which they should. You know, and in this advanced class, they basically gave a book to read that. Uh, well, he read just one part of it and he told me off air that there you know the rest there's others that he couldn't read on the air it was so nasty and not nasty as far as profanity okay not necessarily profanity but more like pornography you know and and his the the child here that we're talking about is uh, a freshman in high school. You know, so it's like, well, uh, a freshman in high school, and they are giving what amounts to pornography to them. Now, if you had listened last night, you'd know what I'm talking about. Folks, See, that's a crime. I don't care if you're a school district or you got a policy or whatever it is. It's a crime. Okay? You cannot deliver pornography to children in any way. It's a crime. So, you know, if this is going on where you live, understand that. It's a crime. It's not just bad choice. It's not just incompetence. It's not just a mistake. It's a crime. You don't, oops, give a kid pornography. A whole class of them. And then the excuse was, hey, the teacher never read the book. What? So you've got a school district where teachers are assigning reading assignments and they don't read the book how are you supposed to grade a kid on something that you're not familiar with huh this is your public school system this is your tax dollars at work folks 
Anyway, let's get on to some stuff. Oh, here's something. Yeah, this is on the way. This is going to be fun, right? Major donors are ready to announce huge financial commitments to Hillary Clinton. You know, the poor girl that left the White House broke. That's why they had to steal all the silverware and plates and stuff, because they were dead broke. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. As soon as she announces a second run for the White House, according to Clinton allies and Democratic fundraisers, the Clinton team wants to build excitement about her campaign launch, which is expected in March or April. The money blitz would be a show of Clinton's strength meant to scare away potential primary rivals. Because... You know, that's democracy, folks. I mean, hey, the Supreme Court has ruled that that's democracy. It's also free speech. Money. That's right. The more money you got, the more chance to be in office you have. Yeah, the more money you can get from the corporate whores out there that have destroyed the American middle class. Yes, yes, the more free speech you get. Huh. The floodgates are going to open immediately, and there's going to be a rush to get on the team, said Don Peebles, the real estate mogul who served on President Obama's National Finance Committee. There's nobody in the Democratic Party who can match her, not even close, as far as raising money. So she's the biggest whore of the bunch. Woohoo! Yay! Oh, well, that's what you want to do. You want to elect the richest whore on the picket. Yeah. It's going to be like nothing you've seen, added one top Democratic donor who supported both of Obama's presidential campaigns and plans to throw big support behind Clinton. The numbers will be astounding. You know, are we supposed to, as people who are barely scraping by, are we supposed to think this is a good idea? Are we supposed to run to go elect the little billionaire whore? Huh? Is that what we're supposed to do? Because, ooh, look look how much money she sold out to for all the one percenters. Oh, yay. Yay, the one percent gets to pick the president and pick our bones clean while they're at it. Where do you think they got all these billions of dollars, folks? They got it from the middle class. They stole it from the middle class. Oh, they did it legally. We call it redistribution of wealth. It's theft, okay? That's what it really is, is theft. So what, you're going to sit there and cheer on the whore? That benefits from the theft and destruction of your family? What are you, stupid? Then again, you're doing the same thing to all of them. Do you think Jeb Bush is any different? Oh, yeah, Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush has been involved in criminal operations. You know, once he left the governorship of Florida, man, the first thing he did was hop on board every board of directors he could get on. Why? Well, because there's a paycheck involved. And there's inside deals to be had. There's money to be made. Yeah, once he left the governorship, his major goal was to go out and build his wealth, build his fortune. And they say this. 
They write this as though it's a good thing. They're not ashamed of this at all. How do you think he built his fortune, folks? He built his fortune on going out and collecting on favors that he gave to rich people while he was governor of Florida. Duh! I mean, come on, man. And now here, they're playing this like, this is going to be astounding. It's going to be great. Oh! The wide consensus among Clinton insiders is that Dennis Chang. Hmm, Dennis Chang. Hmm, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, wasn't it the Clintons who sold the Chinese secret miniaturization technology in return for campaign funds? Yeah, okay. So Dennis Chang, who serves as the chief development officer at the Clinton Foundation and worked on her finance team in 2008, he's going to take on the role as uh, running her finances. Democratic fundraisers say big donors are more likely to get behind Clinton than Senator Elizabeth Warren. Well, yeah. I mean, seeing as how Senator Elizabeth Warren has stated categorically that I will not run for president in 2000 and whatever it's going to be, 16. So unless she's a bald-faced liar, which we all know she is, you know, she's an Indian. She's, you know, she's an Indian princess is what she is. Yeah, sure she is. <laughs> yeah. Uh and and Hillary Clinton's Jewish. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, of course, you know. Anyway, the bundler class is like less likely to get behind her said one democratic fundraiser. The Hillary supporters that were there in 2008 will be there for her again. One top fundraiser said most of the Obama supporters will be there as well because they're appreciative of what she did and what President Clinton did to support President Obama. Okay, folks, so uh, look, is this the second strike? I, I think that counts as the second strike against Hillary Clinton admitting and proud that she and her, you know, philandering husband supported President Obama, probably the worst president in American history. They supported him. Uh, This is supposed to be something they're rewarded for. Clinton will do a good job of having strong out-of-the-gate numbers, the fundraiser predicted. Her campaign is going to blow through what they did in 2008. So, see, this is the way to victory, is to spend more money. One top donor pointed to several reasons for the confidence. Democrats reeling from the big loss they faced in the midterm elections are anxious to turn the tide. Yes, and you do that with money, not with ideas, not with policies, not with decisions, not with helping the uh, American people. No, 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 more of the same. Let more illegals into the country to steal your jobs because, well, they'll work for less. And, hey, more free trade to send what jobs are left to other countries so the corporations can get cheaper goods and make bigger profits. Yes, there you go. 
keep doing that. Yeah, keep doing that and spend more money. That's the way to get in there. No, no, don't pay any attention to we lost. We lost because we didn't spend enough money. And there is excitement in parts of the donor class about electing the first woman president. You know, the Democrats are nothing but shysters. And I mean, look, the Republicans are liars, and they're corporate whores, and they have no intention of doing anything good for you. They just would like to crumble up the Constitution and make it a police state where you've got to buy everything they say from the people that pay them. I, I get that. I'm not a Republican. I don't support the Republicans. But the Democrats just are, are, are so transparently disgusting it's not even funny. I mean, these people have no shame. It's like, wee, let's elect the first black president. Wee, let's elect the first woman president. Wee. You know, they have no ideas. They have no policies. They have nothing that's going to help the American people. All they have is a little magic show of, oh, look, let's get the first black president. Wee, yay. Oh, he doesn't have any experience. He doesn't ever done anything. Oh, he's probably a CIA asset that was never born in the United States in the first place. But wee, he's black. Let's get the first black president. And now, oh, Hillary Clinton, hey, it doesn't matter that she's a crook and almost got this far way back during the Nixon regime that they, her and her husband got enough dead bodies piled up behind Nina and their whitewater schemes to fill a warehouse at Amazon. Oh, no, don't worry about any of that. Oh, let's not worry about the fact that she lied about Benghazi and got all those people killed, probably to facilitate the assassination of a political rival. No, let's not think about anything like that. She's the first woman president. Look, you know what? I don't have anything against a black president. I don't have anything against having a woman president. Actually, I do. Because I don't think a woman should be president. And I have my reasons. And I'll tell you. Because, and you girls out there are going to say, oh, you're full, you're just a, a misogynist. Yeah, you know, misogynist therapy or whatever. The fact of the matter is, whether you like it or not, girls, reality is the reality of things. And women make decisions based on emotion more than facts. Okay? That's just the way it is. And I don't think we need a president like that, okay? Because the Constitution is not an emotion. It's a legal document. Of course, you know, when you've got a sissified homo like Obama in the White House, it doesn't much make any difference because we basically already have the first woman president. Anyway, one challenge for Clinton could be sustaining the money race, especially if there is a lackluster Democratic primary. The concern I have is that after you get an initial spike, you're, going, you're just not going to have the events to keep sustaining it, one fundraiser said, adding that donations only come if there are milestone events or if the campaign appears to hit a bump. The, boner, uh, the donor oh, sorry, pointed to Obama in 2008 as an example, saying that his campaign saw the biggest cash flow around milestones, such as when he won the Iowa caucus or clinched the nomination. In the 2012 cycle, donors turned up the cash flow when Obama tanked during the first debate against Mitt Romney. Yet, he won. I mean, here is a debate. You know, one of the things that, you know, 
basically is the oh the test for what we would like to laughingly call a statesman, right? Even a politician. They're supposed to be able to debate, right? These are supposedly lawmakers who have long experience in debating the law. Because, you know, you've got to get up there on the floor and you've got to make your points why this should be voted for and why not. Well, those are the old days, folks. See, those are the old days. Guys like Obama, people like Clinton, see, they don't need that. They don't have to do that because, you know, how they make decisions is who pays them more. We don't have to debate this. All we have to do is make backroom deals to where, look, man, hey, Exxon Mobil's paid you all this money. Exxon Mobil's paid you all this money. We've got to vote for the XL pipeline. Even though the shale oil industry is collapsing, we need to we need to build this pipeline so when Mobile, Exxon Mobil goes in and buys up all the equipment and all the drilling rights from all the independents that went upside down on all the loans they took out and went out of business and they come in and scoop it up for pennies on the dollar, well, our big oil buddies are going to want a nice cheap way to transport all that oil, here it comes, out of the country onto tankers and send it off to somewhere else. Not you, folks. You'll be paying $5 a gallon gasoline while all our natural resources are heading off in tankers across the oceans. That's their plan. That's the Republicans' plan, folks. This is why they want the XL pipeline, so they can pump as much oil out of the United States as fast as they can and get it into as many tankers as they can and send it somewhere else while you you can suck the tailpipe for $5 a gallon, folks. That's their plan about the XL pipeline. You know, you people might do, oh, Sheila, you know, please say, please say, please say, it's great. Yeah, it's not doing a damn thing for you or your family. You know what? So unless you're one, in one of the one percenters out there, for you to support fracking, for you to support the XL pipeline, for you to support anything any of these corporations are doing is suicide. All right? Suicide. Forget the fact that fracking pollutes the water. Forget, oh, all these mystery earthquakes in places that they've never had them before just happens to be where they're fracking. But eh, keep moving along. Nothing to see here. Fracking's perfectly safe. It's all a lie. It's the Russians. The Russians did it. The Russians, uh, they, they funded all the writers to write the bad things about fracking. Yeah, all these earthquakes are just a figment of everybody's imagination. It's a natural occurrence. Yeah, it just happens to be where they're fracking. But that's just a coincidence. Come on now. You're not a conspiracy nut, are you? Uh-huh. Reasonable people. Intelligent people that don't see this. I, I don't understand. Maybe you have a death wish. Maybe that's it. Speaking of which, you know, I read a story that really... You know, I didn't even know about this, okay, until I was at the checkout stand at the grocery store. And I see, oh, this is a heart-wrenching story. This poor man lost his wife. Well, you know, I'm like, well, what's that about? You know, why is he on the front cover? You know, I mean, I lost my wife, and I didn't get on the front cover of People magazine. Lots of people, lose their wives die, and they don't get on the cover of People magazine. So why is this guy 
on there. Oh, it's so sad. Of course it's sad. But why is he on the cover of People magazine? Oh, it turns out why he is because his wife was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And instead of saying, well, okay then, uh, let me try alternative things, because obviously the doctor said, hey, you know, there's nothing we can do. You know, we'd have to cut out half your brain, and then you'd be, a, you know, a, a, a drooling, you know, plant. And, uh, you know, so we can't do that. We can't, we can't help you. It's inoperable. You know, you're doomed. So instead of saying, well, okay, let me try some natural things, because, you know, uh, if something can grow, something can be shrunk, Okay. And there are natural ways to deal with cancer. Now, uh, okay, instead of doing that, instead of saying, okay, I, I, I take this life as a gift and I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, keep it, to care for it, to be a good steward of it. No, this girl decides, uh, I want to kill myself. I have a brain tumor. I want to kill myself. I don't want to suffer at all. I just want to kill myself. But she lived in California where they don't let you kill yourself. Well, they let you kill yourself, but see, she didn't want to kill herself. She wanted somebody to kill her for her. Okay? So they moved to Oregon here where uh, Oregon does allow doctors to help you kill yourself if you want. Oh, so now she's a big deal. Now California, oh, they're all rushing to pass, uh, you know, suicide laws. Oh, they renamed it something different, though, because, oh, well, you know, suicide is a bad thing, so we're going to name it something different. You know, look, man, I really am offended by people. Like, for instance, they want people dead. They want to kill themselves, whatever. You know what? I Okay, fine. Do your own killing. Do your own killing. You want somebody dead? Go kill them. Don't expect somebody else to go kill them for you. You want, you want to commit suicide? Then go ahead. Go ahead and do it. But don't expect somebody else to do it for you. We are such a pathetic society that this is celebrated celebrated at the newsstand like it's some sort of, oh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful, tragic, sad, but wonderful story. Oh, a girl decides she wants to kill herself, but she doesn't want to do it herself, so she wants a doctor to do it for her. Oh, the tragedy of having to move to Oregon where they let doctors kill you legally. You know, as though doctors aren't killing enough people already. Do you realize doctors are the biggest cause of death in America? I'm not kidding. This is not a joke. It's more than car accidents. It's more than guns. It's, it's, it's like 50 times more than guns. But it's more than car accidents, far more than drunk drivers, yet DUI checks are okay in most of the states of the country because, well, it's such a danger. It's such a danger that we're going to, we're just going to sidestep the Fourth Amendment. We're going to violate that because it's such a danger. 
Oh, really? Well, it's not such a danger as doctors are. Doctors are a far bigger danger than drunk drivers. So how come they're not checked? We live in one sick society, folks, that will not survive if it keeps the this, this same direction. You cannot have a society that glorifies and celebrates suicide, abortion, and the violation of people's rights, and incarceration. Oh, we've got the biggest, bestest prison system on the planet. We've got more people locked up than anybody, more people by population, and more people by actual numbers. And gee, once we get them there, the real beauty of our system is then we turn them into slaves. Yeah, that's right. You get to work for 25 cents a day. Woohoo! You're making less than a Chinese laborer. Right here in the good old USA. Yeah, baby. And you think a society like that is going to survive? And, oh, you folks out there that say, God bless America, really? You think so? You think the God of the Bible would bless any nation that has those kind of ideals? I don't think so. And I think it's quite unreasonable to think he would. But I've got even more news when we come back. Stay tuned.
things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU van free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of 40 $9.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Got to find a new 
I realize music can invoke emotion, but you know you got to take a take control of yourself, folks. If if you're out there doing bad things because you listen to music, you got bigger problem than music. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. I, I got one guess, which is I, I don't know for that second song. That it's not a bad guess. It's wrong, but it's not it's not completely off the wall. Anyway, but the first song was Rory Gallagher. Again, I'm going to play a lot of Rory Gallagher, hint, hint. So, uh, you know, uh, and that song's called Bullfrog Blues. And, you know, I got a, I've got a pretty big collection of Rory Gallagher. And, you know, just like any anybody, I don't, uh, you know, I don't just go, okay, anything by this guy I'm downloading. Because he has songs I don't really care for, you know, and and then he's got a lot of songs I do like. So I just pick and choose. Anyway, the second one was by somebody, uh, Alvin Lee. Boogie All Day is the name of that song. You probably got that one, okay, like you said it 50 times. That's kind of easy to get the song. That's why we don't do the song because a lot of these songs <laughs> they say it like so many times you can't miss it. Anyway, let's get to some news, huh? Uh, here's Brian Gumble. Maybe you've seen this. Uh, you know, he says. Now I want you to to, to follow my thought process on this. Um. He says this, quote, there are a few things I hate more than the NRA. I mean, truly. I think they're pigs. I don't think they care about human life. I think they are a curse upon the American landscape. So we got that on the record. Well, now, what if I was to say that about, there are a few things I hate more than the NAACP. I mean, truly. I think they're pigs. I don't think they care about human life. I think they are a curse upon the American landscape. So we got that on the record, too. Now, oh, would blacks get upset about that? Oh, really? Too bad. You know, Brian Gumbel's just another black guy who thinks he can get out there and say whatever he wants, and nobody can say anything about him. You know, uh, Thus far, the NRA has not responded to this guy. I, I don't think they should, because uh, who really cares what Brian Gumble has to say anyway? Now, here's a guy, another black guy. Now, this guy, remember I said I got nothing against having a black president, just not this black guy? And I don't have anything, well, I kind of do have something against having a female president, but especially Hillary Clinton. I don't even want her, I, I don't even want her in the same country, okay? I think we should deport her, you know? I mean, <laughs> and not because she's a woman, but because she's Hillary Clinton. She's a criminal. But here's a black guy that I wouldn't mind seeing president. And there's several. But this is a guy who actually ran. Alan Keyes, as a matter of fact, Alan Keyes ran against Obama 
for his uh, state for his senatorship in Illinois. Yeah, of course, Allen Keys didn't win because Allen Keys was from another state, basically, who came in and you know because the Republicans apparently couldn't find anybody after their guy somehow, some way got exposed to be some kind of a pervert. You know, I mean, here is Barack Obama having homosexual sex, smoking crack in the back of a limousine with a guy named uh, Larry Sinclair, according to Larry Sinclair. And and this is the guy who won because his party accused the Republican of being a pervert? Really? Sounds like a daily machine hit to me. But Alan Keyes, now, I don't agree with everything Alan Keyes has to say because he is a globalist. You know, uh, it's plain and simple. Alan Keyes is a globalist. Alan Keyes is a former U.N. ambassador, okay? He is a globalist. But he has a lot of other great ideas. And, folks, they're all globalists. If they get on the ticket to run for any national office, they are globalists to one degree or another. And that includes Rand Paul. Okay? I mean, that includes Ron Paul for you folks to go, yeah, that's right. Rand ain't, Rand ain't his daddy. Rand ain't his daddy. Well, his daddy was a globalist too. His daddy wanted an open southern border. I mean, Ron Paul was fiscally, financially conservative. And he did a great job educating people on the ills of the Federal Reserve System. However, he had a lot of other problems, man. I'm sorry. An open southern border is not something that I can go along with. And that was Ron Paul's position. Anyway, Alan Keyes says uh, President Obama's State of the Union speech was dishonest and smacked of victorial arrogance. It's rare that we have had to endure from a president so many lies and misrepresentations combined with such other contempt for the express and voted will of the people as we saw last night. Pretty good, huh? We have crossed the line as far as a lot of these folks are concerned in the Obama faction the Democratic Party, and a lot of the leftist Republicans who pretend to be otherwise. They are are all believing that our republic is dead and their business now is to govern. It's not to represent. It's not to respond to the will of the people. It's just to do what they please with the power of government, and that's seeding Obama's dictatorial arrogance. Does this, hey, is there something you don't agree with so far? You know, so, hey, <laughs> you know, Alan Keyes, I, I like where he's coming from. I like, you know, yeah, and it could all be rhetoric. It all could be a lie, you know, just like, you know, he is a politician. He's ran three times for president. So, you know, sure, it could all just be rhetoric, but, hey, I like that rhetoric better than any rhetoric I'm hearing out of anybody else. 
here's something that is, is dangerous, folks. And this is, again, the Republicans. Now, Obama happens to be on board with this, but this is Republicans. This is the problem with Republicans, folks. Well, one of the problems with Republicans. And it shows who they work for. They do not work for you, okay? Now, the Democrats don't work for you either. They just pretend they do. The Republicans don't even pretend to work for you, okay? This is why the core Republicans hate the Tea Party so much, because the Tea Party represents Republicans that are for the people. They are for mom and pop on Main Street, and they realize, hey, man, these corporations are killing mom and dad. Okay? And the reason why is because they're psychopaths. But, you know, hey, President Obama faces an uphill task selling his fast-track trade package to dubious Democrats, while many Republicans support the measure. Now, if you don't know what a fast-track trade package is, well, you better find out. Because this, you know, what few jobs are left in the United States will go away if this is allowed to go. And you will never know about it. There will be no debate about it. There will be nothing. That's the fast track, folks. The fast track means we don't need to talk about this. The president's decided, and woohoo, let's do it. The White House has already called on cabinet secretaries to promote the legislation that allows the administration the power to accelerate trade deals without going to Congress. So you want to trust Obama or Hillary Clinton or Mitt Romney or Jeb Bush? You want to trust these people to make trade deals for the United States? Meaning, oh, sure, you know, sure, you can dump your cheap slave labor material in the United States, even though we have American companies making that right now. Sure, you go right ahead and dump it on in here. We'll put them out of business and, uh, you know, get them at Walmart saying, hey, welcome to Walmart. Saying fast-tracking would create jobs and counter China's influence in the Pacific. Folks, this is the same crap that they pushed about NAFTA in the first place and the World Trade Organization that, oh, free trade's going to allow America to sell its goods around the world. Did that happen? No. It didn't because we don't have any goods to sell around the world anymore because all our businesses, all our manufacturing, everything that produces anything in this country that can be exported out of here has been taken out of here and put into another country where they can get slave labor. That's what actually happened. So saying fast-tracking would create jobs and counter China's influence in the Pacific is the same old lie that you should know about already now, folks, because it's why your wages have gone down. It's why you can't get a manufacturing job because there aren't any. I'm telling you, folks, Senator Orrin Hatch, he wants to do it. I'm telling you, folks, these guys are trying to sell you out as fast as they can. But I've got to go. We're out of time. I'll be back again tonight. I've got I've got something really uh, somebody sent me. I've read it through once. I'm going to read it through again, and then I'll bring it to you because uh, 
Well, you're not going to like it, but it's what's happening, so you should be aware of it. So you can take, you know, whatever measures you got to take to prepare yourself for what's coming because it is coming. And I'll demonstrate that to you this evening. Anyway, coming up next is financial survival. We've got a big full day coming up after that, so don't go anywhere. And if you do have to go, it'll be everything will be in the uh, archives. Anyway, as always, thanks for listening. Anyway. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. My co-host, Alfred Addis, will be joining James Corbett of the Corbett Report. Yes, today is Thursday, as it happens every Thursday. They will join you for the second and third segment of the program for January 22nd, 2015. And, oh, the world is all a glory. The world markets got their fix today by the European Central Bank. And, of course, the big news was the announcement by Mario Draghi and their 60 billion euro quantitative easing uh, structured very much in the same manner of Ben Bernanke's bond purchasing program. 
I'm sure that's where they got all the details on how to do it and uh, do it without, uh, you know, having any negative downside, all positive upsides. And uh, the announcement to me, you know, there was a lot of fanfare that's been attached um, to this announcement. I mean, he said, what, a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, he would do anything that was needed in order to please the markets. They already had a small stimulus program in effect, and obviously it did little for the countries uh, of the European Union as they had to go and relaunch um, or launch this bigger and better stimulus program. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, let's see what it did to the markets today. It was interesting because you would have thought that right after the announcement today the markets would have skyrocketed, but they didn't. Um, the U.S. markets came off their futures high, and uh, uh, we saw gold fluctuate. We hit a low of gold 1279, uh, but then everything reversed. An incredible day in the index at the dollar today. I mean, it just doesn't get – it's amazing. Let's just do the numbers. Gold today up currently 1030 on New York spot price at 1304. Silver's up 23 cents today at 1844 platinum was up $11 at 1284 palladium up 8 at 778 so the precious metals did just fine today the index up 1.51 tell me <laughs> i mean when was the i don't think I'm sure that's probably a record increase on the day, 94.24, 94.24. And uh, I didn't realize it had gone up as much as it did. Again, it was probably in the last hour of trading where it was really pushed up above the uh, 94. It was mainly in the 93, high 93s uh, for most of the day. Same way with crude oil. Crude oil was down 1.14 at 46.64. Paper markets, as I mentioned, when they first made the announcement this morning, they went down, uh, came off uh, the, the futures, con the futures uh, went down, opened up. They really took off uh, late in the day, up 263 points, 17,818. The NASDAQ was up 82 points at 47.50. The S&P was up 31 2063 and the 10-year yield of course that was up 1.90 percent uh, up 0.04 1.90 on the yield up 0.04 so it was a interesting day after they took the ultimate policy leap today and introduced the government bond buying program that will pump hundreds of billions of dollars of new money into the Eurozone economy, um, hoping for some inflation. Uh, they're going to be purchasing sovereign debt from beginning March until the end of September 2016. 2016. And uh, the only one that opposed, or the biggest cu country that opposed this decision, of course, was uh, Germany's Bundesbank and concerns in Berlin that it could allow. Um, smaller countries to, to slacken on their economic reforms. Of course, we do have elections going on this weekend. That's been very mum, not a lot of talk about what's going to happen in Greece. And uh, perhaps uh, after what the Swiss did, 
uh, detaching themselves from the euro, that perhaps they might do the same thing. And probably be the best thing that could happen to Greece. Uh, certainly there will be some, um, you know, might not be very pleasant in the beginning, but uh, uh, maybe they really can make it on their own. Maybe they can. Maybe they do need Europe. But uh, um, um, we'll just have to uh, see what the, the elections turn out to be. Um, together with existing schemes to buy the private debt and funnel hundreds of billions of euros and cheap loans to banks, the new quantitative easing program, they will release 60 billion euros, which is about 68 billion in U.S. dollars a month into the economy. By September of next year, more than 1 trillion euros will have been created under quantitative easing. And the ECB's last remaining major policy option for reviving their economic growth and trying to ward off deflation. The flood of money impressed markets. Of course, the euro, the euro dropped uh, down to uh, 1.14 uh, on the announcement. But the European shares, they hit seven-year highs. Uh, the ECB and the central banks of the Eurozone countries will buy up the bonds in proportion to their capital key, meaning more debt will be scooped up from the biggest economies like Germany than from the smaller member states uh, like Ireland. But the big question is, will the stimulus work? And um, everyone is, to me, I think the most significant statement made by Draghi was that only 20% of these purchases would be the responsibility of the European Central Bank. This means the bulk of any potential losses should a Eurozone government default on its debt would fall on national central banks, which again falls on the citizens. So the ECB has only taken 20% of responsibility in this huge um, spending announcement, quantitative easing, of over a trillion dollars in a little over a year. So by September uh, 2016, they will certainly, I think it was 1.4 trillion in U.S. dollars. Um, so again, it falls on the central banks of the country and uh, again on the people's shoulders. They get to bail in. How about that? They should all be very happy of that. And so the critics say, and because of that, it might look like maybe this is the path that could signal that maybe the ECB, the European Central Bank, is preparing for a breakup of the euro. This comes from a uh, former ECB policymaker. He says it does not promote a single monetary policy. He says it's counterproductive to shift the risks of monetary policy to the national central bank. He says uh, this path towards balkanization of monetary policy would signal that the ECB is preparing for a breakup of the euro. So maybe that is coming in their future. Uh, you see that euro continue dropping. I'm sure anything that can happen. Draghi said the ECB is governing council. Uh, they had been unanimous in agreeing that the step to print money was legally sound. And, of course, all governments say it is legal <laughs> to just print money. It's all legally sound. Of course it is. We're only taking 20% of the responsibility. We don't have to worry. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. And um, so uh, 
Um, to me, that those are some pretty significant things that you don't hear very many people talking about, only to the immediate response of the increase in the markets and, of course, uh, the drop in the euro. Um, you have to remember that Greece and Cyprus, they remain under the bailout, and uh, they will be eligible for the, the program, but subject to stricter conditions. And, of course, we can't forget, as I mentioned before, that uh, um, they do have an election this weekend, the 25th. And um, if you have that anti-bailout opposition party, Syriza, if that stays on track to emerge as the biggest party in parliament, it should prove to make things interesting once again in the European Union. So I don't personally follow writers who use charts or indicators um, to, to see what the price of gold might be and how soon it's going to go up or how soon it's going to buy, if it's time to trade or not to trade. I look to the true fundamentals of gold, what it is, the insurance policy, um, the protection of your purchasing power, uh, it's a currency. I don't look to charge charts. But this one kind of caught my eye. Even though there were some gaps in the trend, it was pretty impressive. And this was, um, um, and again, in relationship to the uh, central bank, Europe, uh, European Central Bank, and, the, and their uh, purchase of sovereign bonds, um, the, the total amount, I guess Europe, um, um, the the QE bond buying program will be 1.14 trillion. That's 1.31 trillion in U.S. dollars, and altogether the ECB's balance sheet will expand by a total of 52.8 percent to 3.3 euro trillion or trillion euros. The ECB's balance sheet will surpass its previous record high that was reached in June of 2012 of 3.1 euro trillion. For the last nine years straight, gold has followed the ECB's balance sheet extremely closely. In early 2006, when the ECB's balance sheet was only worth $1.08 trillion, gold was just $613 per ounce. But as the ECB expanded its balance sheet by 187% to a peak monthly average of $3.1 trillion, Gold's prices also soared by 187% to a peak monthly average of $1,700 per ounce. Both the ECB's balance sheet and gold began their pullbacks at exactly the same time, dipped the same percentage from their highs, bottomed together, and are now rapidly rising together. And uh, this was published by the NIA. Um, they have various charts and so forth. And now this chart following the ECB's balance sheet and gold, they will rise between now and, of course, the end of their program, September of 2016. And they forecast that by the time the ECB's initial bond buying program is over, gold will be at a new all-time nominal high of over $2,000. So when you look at the chart, and I can't show you the chart, um, it'd be a great one to put in our newsletter this weekend. If you'd like to go to our website and sign up for the newsletter, we can put that in there. Um, 
it, it is really interesting to see how there, there was times when they kind of dipped a little bit uh, where they broke away from the trend. Um, but it was really interesting to see how straight on it was. So another sign, if you believe in charts, if you want to follow those trends, uh, it's a very interesting one to see. Uh, there were some numbers that came out with American Express. Uh, they plan to cut more than 4,000 jobs over the next year. The CEO, Ken Chenal, said in a release that tight controls on the cost side of the ledger had benefited the company, and the company posted fourth quarter earnings per share of $1.39 compared to $1.21 a share in the year earlier period. So let's just get rid of those people. Let's do 4,000, and we could become even bigger one percenters of the world. And uh, there was um, a report out. Uh, it, it, the overall report, to me, didn't seem that it was really that big, but it shows a trend.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.